Hello, I'm Hilary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Welcome to Talking Cyber, a cybercrime radio segment where we discuss the latest news and breaking stories of the cyber economy, hackers, intrusions, privacy, security, and much more. Joining us today is Heather Engel, Managing Partner of Strategic Cyber Partners. Heather, welcome back. How are you doing? Hi, Hillary. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great as well. And a couple of really interesting stories for us this week. And I guess let's start with this story that we see from the Associated Press, which is titled, Hacker Claims Breach of FBI's Critical Infrastructure Portal. And a hacker who reportedly posed as the CEO of a financial institution claims to have obtained access to more than 80,000 member database of InfraGuard, which is the FBI-run outreach program that shares sensitive information on national security and cybersecurity threats with public officials and private sector actors who run our U.S. critical infrastructure. My mind can take me a million different directions of why we would want to talk about this today. But over to you, Heather, I guess, take us through this story and what we know and and the implications. This sounds pretty wild to me. Yeah, well, essentially, it's what you said, right? And not a lot of people are aware of the InfraGuard program if you're not part of an organization that might be included or might be part of InfraGuard. So what it essentially is, is it's a vetted program where you get a little bit more detailed information on vulnerabilities and you get more discussion and you get warnings on things that are going on in the cybersecurity threat space. And what happened was there is an attacker who's going by the handle USDOD and that attacker talked to Brian Krebs in in a pretty specific, you know, detailed article that talked about how he did this or she. And you know, how they got through the vetting process and what they did to actually dump and output the database of the members of InfraGuard. So there's lots of failures here, right? The vetting process for sure was one. The CEO whose information was used said they never got a phone call. They never got any kind of, you know, request to verify. So that definitely looks bad if we're saying that this is an organization that we're going to vet our members and then provide them because they're vetted, we're going to give them more sensitive information on security and and in industries that relate to critical infrastructure. The database of the InfraGuard members was then dumped out, and the attacker said that they asked a friend to code a script in Python to query an API, which is just a programming interface, and dump out the database. And, you know, having a friend code this script in Python was something that, you know, I thought was interesting, especially because we had a lot of fanfare last week with the OpenAI tool. And one of the features with the OpenAI tool is there's a playground section and you can tell it exactly what you want it to do and say, translate this to a Python script. So, you know, now that OpenAI is out there, This is something that they wouldn't have even had to ask a friend to do. The tool is available out there. It's not on the black market. It's really easy to use. I was playing around with it this week. And so again, you know, that makes it seem like this was almost too easy. You know, why is this important in terms of the member information? Well, I don't think we know a lot yet about what type of information was provided, but obviously this could be a pretty important trove of data if you want to try to social engineer the members of the InfraGuard teams. So 
I think we don't know, you know, yet. I personally have not seen exactly what information was out there. It looks like, you know, half of the user accounts contain an email address. Some of the database fields are empty. So there might not be too much great information in there. But again, it definitely looks pretty bad. Yeah, that definitely looks bad. I can't believe they didn't verify anything for the person to be who they claimed to be. That just seems like insane to me. Yeah. And that's what it looks like, you know, and it creates really bad optics for sure. You know, and one of the points that was made in the articles that we read doing the research for this was that, you know, the data exposed might be minimal, but the bottom line is they had someone get access to, you know, what's supposed to be this exclusive club of people who have more of a need to know for this sensitive information. So it definitely is something that we have to consider if you're going to try to make this high security, you know, sort of club. Well, maybe we need to be a little more cautious in terms of the vetting process. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to Talking Cyber. I'm your host, Hillary McClure. Joining me today is Heather Engel, Managing Partner at Strategic Cyber Partners. Well, the next story for us, Heather, is brought to us by Security Week, and the story is titled Google Announces Vulnerability Scanner for Open Source Developers. So this week, Google announced OSV Scanner, which is a free scanner that open source developers can use to receive vulnerability details that are relevant to their projects. So, you know, the high number of dependencies that software projects rely on increases the risk of falling victim to supply chain attacks or exploitation of unknown vulnerabilities, etc. So I guess, you know, take us through your thoughts on this OSV scanner. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, to start with, software vulnerabilities are a leading cause of breaches. We talk a lot about social engineering and how someone gets access to the infrastructure in the first place, but one of the leading causes is unpatched systems and vulnerabilities in your code. And so as we start to, you know, incorporate security into everything, good programmers are hard to find. It is an art, you know, as well as a science. But many programmers don't have security backgrounds. I have a friend who was taking a class on programming and it was for his job, right? And it was a three-day class. And I said, I'll be really interested to see what your security module sounds like. And what he told me was he got probably an hour of security discussion during this programming course. And mostly what it said was that you need to find someone who's an expert in secure software programming to help you identify vulnerabilities in your code. And that in and of itself is really difficult, right? So we have to teach programmers so that we can keep up with the demand for software, but then secure software coding is another specialty in and of itself. And those people are really hard to find. I've likened this before. To me, coding is a lot like writing a poem, right? You have a topic and you could have two or three coders and they're using the same language, but they're going to have a different syntax in how they write their code. And that opens us up to a lot of errors just in the way the code is written, in the way it's read, in the way it's compiled. And so Google making this available, OSV Scanner, is something that hopefully makes secure coding a little bit more accessible. And there's some really great free programs out there that programmers can use. But again, they have to have the time, they have to have the bandwidth. And let's be honest, they really have to have the interest in making their code more secure because it's a lot of work. 
And so hopefully this is a tool that will just start to bridge that gap a little bit. It allows you to scan your code and then connect it back to their development database that has advisories from you know different authoritative sources. They take suggestions for improvement. It stores information about impacted dependencies. And it allows you then to ideally improve your remediation time. Yeah, that's excellent. I'd love to speak with whomever at Google spearheaded this initiative because I think that's a really great idea. So if you're listening out there, (laughs) reach out. I'd love to talk to you. But yeah, that's great. I hope that this helps because everything you just said, for sure, it can be overwhelming, I'm sure, to make sure that code is, you know, not vulnerable with everything going on. Yeah. People think developers, you know, are they are engineers for sure, but there's absolutely an art to writing code and there's an art to writing good code, just like, you know, there's an art to writing a good essay and being an author. I've always likened it to that. And I think this is a really important development. Absolutely. Well, Heather, as always, thank you so much for joining me on Talking Cyber. I really enjoyed hearing your perspective on these two stories, and I'm certainly looking forward to next time. Thank you, Hillary. I'm Hillary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Talking Cyber is a Cybercrime Radio segment that discusses the latest news and breaking stories of the cyber economy, hackers, intrusions, privacy, security, and much more. To keep up with the latest security and privacy news updated daily, visit us at cybercrimewire.com. <laughs>